everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. I am Brandon, and as always, here with Paul. Yo, yo, what's up, people? Uh, we're here again. I'm here uh, to talk about this incredible, amazing, ultra instinct episode. So let's talk about it. <laughs> it's an ultra instinct, okay. And then Dan. Man, if we're moving at ultra instinct, we're not going to be able to keep up, so we better just get started. <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing ultra instinct about this was the fact that it, I just I couldn't hit it. I couldn't I couldn't get with this one. Uh, we are working on season two, episode ten, uh, journey to as they say they say they always say Babel in this episode. I thought it was Babel, but everybody says Babel. I thought it was Babel also. Yeah, like it looks like it's Babel, but they say Babel. It's space Babel, so obviously that makes it Babel. Uh, original air date was November 17th-ish, 1967, and I forgot uh, we're on Twitter at WWST underscore podcast, so get that out of the way real quick. Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and dive right into it. Uh, we're on the Enterprise, because where else would we be? And the crew are wearing some fancy uniforms, and McCoy does not like them. He's he's super uncomfortable, and but he doesn't look uncomfortable. They I was about nice. to say, they didn't look too different besides a couple medals. I'm like, what, are they poking you? Like... Your uniforms yeah. don't look that, you know, extremely I, different. I don't know, guys, but the first thing I put on myself was a uh, new swag. I want it. Like, every time they come <laughs> up with this, this new stuff like this, like, I always want this stuff. So, if any of you guys out there and uh, p- part of the crew, if you guys know where we can get any of these, like, costumes or whatever, nice, high quality, hit up on the Twitter because uh, I've been nerding out a lot, not a lot lately, and I really want to get some of these really cool costumes. Like, I wouldn't mind having them just because. Yeah, if we happen to make it to a convention, instead of wearing just like a traditional uniform, you could wear the fancy shit. Get a couple of medals to slap on there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just, I, I just, uh, I'm a huge fan of like a lot of these costumes, and I just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if there's something I don't Etsy to make some or something, something like that. I haven't did a lot of research, but I wouldn't mind having some of these uh, stuff just to have them. And we go to a convention. I'm doing Scotty, and he, I'm, I'm doing the version of Scotty that we came up with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna show up, just absolutely blitzed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think this episode, this uh, outfit so far is my favorite outfit. So more than likely, I'd have this one. I think so far, if I was yeah. just like a part of the crew, I think it'd be this one. So Kirk mentions that uh, they're picking up some Vulcans and that those are the last of the delegates that they need to pick up for this trip. And uh, they go on. Kirk and Bones go on a little walk through a corridor, and and McCoy mentions that they have 114 delegates aboard for two weeks. And then uh, they're just like still walking, and they pass like some purple lady, and uh, Kirk gets a call from Chekhov. And uh, Chekhov tells him that they're approaching the shuttlecraft with the Vulcan ambassador Sarek on board. And I, I think it's really weird that, like, he's in this crowded hallway and he just gets a phone call. Like, don't they have communicators? Like, why would you be broadcasting, like, just ship-specific shit over, like, the intercom, Well, I, I was wondering, how do they know, or how did Kirk know they were supposed to pick up? Because there's a ton of intercoms everywhere. Like, do they know where Kirk's at all the time? Like, right. That, yeah, I think we asked yeah. that question earlier, like, in season one. Because everywhere that they are in that ship, that one specific to them rings. Like, do they, well, do they have, like, a tracking device so they well, can always tell I, where I'm they are on the ship? I'm assuming there's a tracking device, but the only issue with that is they can never find the intruders. Without searching, from yeah. that searching, which <laughs> well, is what like, we talked about before, where we were like, why can't they find everybody on the ship? So maybe, I know later on they make those uh, those symbols communicators. They make those little pa- on their patches right. communicators. So like, I can understand that tracking system. But right now, I don't understand what they do to to know where they're at. I just, sometimes it's kind of weird. Yeah, and like we know that they have their regular communicators. It's like a cell phone. So like, why not just call him on that so you don't have to broadcast like, you know, information that not everybody needs over a PA system, basically. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. 
Do we think uh, the number to Kirk's communicator is just like one? It's just like zero one. <laughs> and like Spock's is O two. Yeah, probably. Spock's is probably it, like O four just to it, piss him off. It's it very by logical. Ranking. Yeah, it's very logical <laughs> and simple. Yeah. Like, he picks up. He's like, Kirk here. Like, oh, shit. Sorry. I meant I meant to hit one zero. My dyslexia got me. <laughs> my, my bad, Kirk. Uh, so Kirk uh, tells Chekhov to go ahead and bring aboard the uh, ambassador. And uh, Chekhov makes a call over the PA system for the honor guard to go report to the hangar deck. So they have an honor guard there, which is uh, pretty cool. And they seem very unprepared when they cut to him because it seems like they're still <laughs> yeah. getting dressed. They're tucking yeah, in their shirts. They're like tightening their uniforms and shit. Like, guys, there are, what, what was it, 114 people on board? So they've had to do this a few times and they're still not ready. It's just classic security La- shit. Last minute, last minute trying to get around for stuff. Yeah. And uh, so the hangar pre- pressurizes as the uh, shuttlecraft comes through and the honor guard, they all go inside and stand in a nice little straight line and they get their phasers out and put them against their chest for some reason. Like, I don't know if that's supposed to be like honoring them or a threat. Like, <laughs> like look, don't try anything. We got guns. <laughs> like, why even have those? But uh, Kirk and Bones and Spock, they go to the hangar and uh, Spock tries to show McCoy how to do the Vulcan salute thing, but Bones can't do it. Of course not. It's this stupid ass, his stupid surgeon hands are not good. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a good joke, a good joke about life in general, because a lot of people can't do that in, in life, so I thought it was really cool they put oh, that really? in there as a reference. I, no, I can do it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people. A lot uh, of people can't do it, though. A lot of people, they'll oh, be I like, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people can't do it at all. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. People like I, they try to do it. They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, dude, just go like this. It's real easy for some. Once you learn how to do it, it's pretty easy. But a lot of people can't do it at all. So yeah. And is that the first time we've seen the Vulcan hand salute in this show, or have we seen Ooh. it before? I believe um, that's the first time. I don't know, honestly. I feel oh wait, like, did we see it in the first episode of this season when he went to well, go get married? I know Spock's did it before. I, I, sorry, I know I, I know Spock has did it before. Yes, we've seen it before. We have to have. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that, that would make sense that they did in that episode now that I think yeah, about it. Greeting, God, as a greeting to each other. 10 episodes yeah. in, and that was like four months ago for recording time. Yeah, but I, think, just, I, but I think this season, Life though, is hitting hard. Yeah, this season, though, the, might be the first time we've seen it this season. Because Vulcan... See, that's the thing about uh, Spock. He don't have very many interactions with other Vulcans that often. Right. So every time, we, every time they interact together, we always get like really cool, interesting... Vulcan history and Vulcan knowledge and Vulcan way more Vulcan ways that more Vulcan you know, a lot of Vulcan-y stuff you know in a good way yeah so that's why I like well, this so- episode a lot because you know you're like it's Vulcan on Vulcan stuff so you, you learn a lot about the way Vulcan the Vulcan mind works even more clearly than, than uh, other episodes so well the hand thing is so iconic that it just feels like it, it should be it should be being done all the time yeah like it would be more prevalent yeah, but I think it's more prevalent when 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 he ever does it to he don't do that often. Maybe that's the big big uh, big deal about it. Like it just it's unique. Yeah, it's unique to him. It's very uh, it's very memorable. But first time seeing it, like that's weird. And then like you know you don't forget it because it's like uh it's one of the things that stick in your head. I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like oh that's cool. And I kept trying to do it until I figured it out. So yeah, yeah. So uh. So Ambassador Sarek and his uh, his party of people come off the shuttlecraft and Kirk introduces himself to uh, Sarek and then he introduces Spock and Sarek's just like, I don't give a shit about this guy. <laughs> I think another Vulcan, so what? And then uh, Kirk introduces McCoy and Sarek's like, oh, okay, I, I, I like this guy. I'm going to go ahead and nod to him. Uh, so Sarek then introduces his wife and uh, Kirk offers to have Spock give them a tour of the ship, but Sarek refuses and he says he wants a different guide. So Kirk's like, all right, that's fine. It's a little weird, but we can do that. And uh, he tells Spock that 
hey, we leave uh, orbit in two hours if you want to go down and maybe visit your parents or something. And Spock says that Ambassador Sarek and his wife are his parents. And we get that kind of like. Dun, 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 dun. I was actually not expecting that. Opening. That caught me off guard. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Yeah, it caught, it caught me off guard. At the same time, I had a feeling that like once he said, once Spock said it, uh, once uh, Kirk said it, oh, those are his parents. Like, obviously, because the disdain he had for him was like that father-son disappointment type thing from the beginning. So I kind of suspect that he was, they were related, like he was the dad. Yeah. But what a dick move to just snub your kid. Like, <laughs> like here's, well, here's Spock, and he's not like, oh, hello, son. He's just like, no. If you watch, uh, I watched Star Trek movie. In the Star Trek movie, the same thing happened. That's why I wasn't that surprised. His dad disdained him because he was uh, joined Starfleet. It's the same story. So I'm assuming that's... um. Part of uh, his in his actual lore from, for his Spock journey is uh, his dad doesn't like the fact that he joined Starfleet. So, yeah, now I'm starting to really understand uh, like Spock and how his people are because it's not that they're like truly logical; it's that, that their fathers are uh, emotionless and they uh, have <laughs> no. What, what do they call it? The toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh, they're get afraid out to show here. feelings and love for their children. Dealing with over here, man. I can't even jump to the screen to beat <laughs> him up either. This is it? crazy. They're, I'm they're fighting not, you to the screen right now with your ridiculousness, they just, okay? They just hate their offspring. No. They're no, afraid he of emotions. He just, no, it's see, okay he just to cry, Spock. It's okay. Oh, come on, man. Tell your son you love him. No. <laughs> Break the cycle, Spock. I, I don't need to tell my son I love him. He already knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's illogical for me to tell him I love him. He already knows that. Yeah. <laughs> it's illogical to feel love. I feel duty. Yeah. Come it's, on now. His human, human part wants to be loved, though. Yeah, well, yeah. The mom, that, that's what the mom's for. Then that's the mom. The mom loves him. The mom does that human side. I'm the Vulcan <laughs> over here, sir. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, no one, a, no wonder why there's so many Romulans because their daddy didn't love them. The problem's when they go to the dark they side. They say, "Fuck it, we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go create a whole race a where we love each other." <laughs> <laughs> they didn't love me. I'm going to be a Romulan. <laughs> oh no, I hate uh. you guys. Oh, that felt good. <laughs> so, oh, that felt so good. So oh, we yeah. come back from the show opening, and uh, Kirk gives a captain's log explaining that they're headed for a planetoid called Babel. As as we, you know, we talked about, they announce it Babel, so that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, Kirk is giving the ambassador and his wife a tour, and they go into uh, the engineering room, and Spock is there working for the first time in this entire season. <laughs> he's just spent his whole <laughs> whole season at a console yeah, in the corridor, and they're I, like, now's the time to put him in the room. He's in there chilling, yeah. I thought it was kind of weird myself. <laughs> yeah. I guess he does have to work one day a year. Uh, so uh, Kirk and Sarek, they just keep walking by as Spock's mother stops to talk to him. And she says that uh, after all his years am- among humans, Spock still hasn't learned to smile. And he says that humans smile, smile with little provocation. And she's just like, well, you haven't even visited us in four years. And he says that the situation between he and his father has not changed. So obviously there's a little bit of something going on there. Yep. Uh, Do you think Spock Sarek, calls his uh, mom from time to time? Like... You know, hey mom, oh, fuck you know, no. just exploring uh-uh. the universe. No. How's it going? So right, it's illogical. After the conversation, uh, whatever, his father does a two finger thing, which I think is wild. He said, "My wife attend and put two fingers up, and she just yeah. came and put it touched." I'm like, "Yo, is that a thing in 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 the folk culture? Like, if your woman ain't next to you, be like, my wife attend and put your two fingers up, and yeah. they come and touch you, well, like she's a like she's a fucking bird. Yeah. She's just gonna land on his fingers. <laughs> like, well, he, he kept those fingers up for quite some time too. Like, it gets like." Four minutes. He's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't just, don't make me put up the third finger, woman. <laughs> it was just a, it just it was just a cultural thing I caught up on. I was like, because yeah, they do it a lot to each other. I assume that's how they express yeah. a lot. Say I love you with 
touch your two fingers without saying it. Yeah. It just maybe it's like putting their arm around each other. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. I just I found that uh I found this whole episode, besides being so amazing, I found the little subtleties of the culture that you learn uh, very cool, too, that you learn about Vulcan culture just by, they don't explain that to you, just give it to you multiple times so you so you kind of figure out, oh, the two fingers means the wife comes there and put her two fingers there to whatever, what you know, come whatever's going on. So I like that, too. I like all that. Crap right. Too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he does the two-finger thing, calls her away, and uh, Kirk then asks to speak with Spock, and he wants Spock to explain the computer room components to Sarek and his wife. And Sarek says that he's like, hey, I gave Spock his first instruction in computers, but Spock devoted his knowledge to Starfleet instead of the Vulcan Science Academy. And so Spock's like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> he just excuses <laughs> himself. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this shit today. I, I ain't move for this. Yeah, so Kirk apologizes to Sarek, and he says, he's like, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, but... Sarek interrupts him to say that offense is a human emotion, which offense is it's not really an emotion. I think it's more of an act. Uh, and he elects to return to his quarters instead, and he leaves his wife with Kirk, which wait, is a really bad move because now she's going to get pregnant. Uh, I feel offended. That's a feeling, right? Uh, like, it's I not feel, an emotion. Like, like, I feel of, like I feel offended. If I feel offense, like I used the word term feel before, wouldn't that make it an emotion? Isn't it more of I a mean, reaction is, is hunger an emotion when you feel hungry? Yes, I would say hunger is an emotion uh, because it can. I can get hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I feel hungry. Like is is tired an emotion? Like, like well, I get, guess those are both physical things. Physical things. You see, dude, we're about to get real deep, guys. Every time we get in here and talk, man, we always get real deep about nothing that matters about this show. I don't know what this this show makes us think too much. <laughs> Somehow it gets us let's, to think let's anyway. See. Yeah, this is the well, real, according real deep. to. Uh, to Google, which is always right and has never been wrong in the history of anything, says that feeling offended is an emotional state caused by communicated or inferred negative evaluation. So okay. apparently it is an emotional state. Okay. There right? we go. So you're right on this one. Yeah. I All did right, it, well, guys. Fuck I me did then. It. Yeah. <laughs> Mark it on the calendar. <laughs> oh, man. So Spock's mom. Uh, has got it going on, and she introduces herself to Kirk as Amanda, which is a, like a surprisingly normal name. Like, just it, it really threw me off. She's like, "Yeah, I'm Amanda." You know why her name <laughs> is Amanda? Right. Her name is Amanda because uh, Amanda means worthy of love in Latin. I I saw that in the wow. no- little trivia notes. I actually wrote that now, so I didn't okay. forget about that. So yeah, the, whoever okay. wrote it decided to, to name her Amanda because uh, it means worthy of love, and she's and she's human. So I think they want to give her like a nice little yeah. plain name. Plain well, like. Name. Yeah, we come across a lot of humans though, and they don't have regular ass names. Yeah. I, although I guess, I guess we mostly deal with last names on the Enterprise, huh? A lot of times, yeah. Like Chekhov, Kirk, Kirk. Like his first name's not Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Chekhov, Sulu, Uhura, yeah, and McCoy. Yep, a lot of last yeah. names. Well, that's that's a very uh, good observation. She introduces herself, and uh, she says she's like, "Yeah, you couldn't produce uh, pronounce my Vulcan name." And uh, he, he's like, well, can you? And she says that after many years of practice, yes, she can. So like, go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> and uh, they talk for a second about Spock. And Amanda says that Spock and Sarek haven't spoken as father and son in 18 years. And she talks about how it isn't easy on Spock and being neither human uh, nor Vulcan. He just has a bit of a difficult time. And uh, Kirk's like, well, you know, maybe Sarek just doesn't like Spock's career choice. And she explains that Vulcans believe that peace should not depend on force. So Kirk says that, well, Starfleet is an instrument of civilization, and they use force only as a last resort. And boy, do they hit that last resort a lot in this series. <laughs> I feel like it's always been, like, the first resort, though. No, man. Like, very rarely no, do they go for the diplomatic. No, we weren't talking. Like, we literally, 
Well, we literally just watched an episode where they fought a fucking like they found a cloud being and decided the first thing they needed to do was <laughs> shoot, like, it. shoot it and piss it off. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> and we, then, we and then remember Bones is like, well, you're a diplomat. Remember, like maybe try talking. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that time they would have made the mistake. But nine times out of ten, we open communications, we send a signal. You don't answer, violence. I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> you, yes. I, oh, you know, I gave you a chance. I called you. You didn't answer, violence. I, like, I, okay, I so still, maybe it is their last resort, but they, they get there very quickly. Yeah, they, we, we have, like, two resorts. They have first resort and last resort. Yeah, yeah, the, first like, resort is, shoot you. is a phone call. You don't answer communication lines. Did he hear I don't have time yeah. to be sitting there thinking all day. I'm Kurt. I got it's logical. I got 333 lives to save on my ship. You think I'm worried about it? <laughs> blast? <laughs> I asked you what's up. You didn't say something. You got blasted. My bad. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah. that's how it works around here. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Kirk says that uh, it's a better opportunity to study the universe than Spock would have gotten at the Vulcan Science Academy. And Amanda says that Sarek wanted Spock to follow his teachings and, uh, like he, like Sarek did with his own father. And Kirk's like, well, they're just both really stubborn. And so uh, they get interrupted by a call from Uhura who says that they've received a signal, but they can't locate it. And she says that it's a strong signal as if it was up close, but sensors aren't showing anything in the area. So Kirk uh, orders her to begin long range scanning and then just hangs up on her. But uh, I noticed they actually use like a video call kind of thing with Uhura in this scene. Is that the first time we've seen that? Normally it's just audio, right? Yeah, I think uh, I saw a note yeah, about Yeah, normally because it's just like thing. the little wall communicators things when they call yeah this is like she's just legit on a screen like a facetime yeah i think Which, i saw once a again note. they're ahead of their time oh yeah yeah i, they, I saw a note that said they, that that was one of the one times they use that it's a little okay. screen thing it's a it's a the first time they use some a little small note thing and that's real i saw a thing about that in the trivia and there's a, a few other and times also, in the show they use it but it's the first time they did they, they, they kind of could they call it a mate maybe or something huh uh, if you notice, also when Kirk starts giving orders, they go, they do like a quick shot of Amanda, and she is into it. She is like digging <laughs> this man in power. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I get why Spock serves. With well, you. <laughs> uh, the actress, is, I think it's uh, Jane Wilde or something. She's like really, really famous old school actress. So her being on this was like a really, really big deal. Like, yeah, she's a really, oh, okay. she, she's right now respected for the old time. So her being on here is a big deal, which is why you see her so much. Her, her, yeah. and the other guy actor too, both of them. Uh, the, the parents oh, they're really okay. big yeah they're really big deal actors at the time so like have them on here was like a really big uh a really big honor and a really, a really big deal for them so well that's cool then yeah yeah because I don't know shit about like cinema and like uh shows and things from the the sixties and all that so I don't know yeah who's who yeah I don't know who, a lot of who's who but yeah I don't know but I know I'll see them when I watch old school movies but I don't really know who's who so yeah um so yeah we get uh. Another captain's log and uh, explains that the gathering is to consider allowing the Corridan planets to join the Federation and that there are many different races on board and many of them do not like each other. So they're just trying to stop a big war from happening while they decide whether or not they want to admit the this planet into the Federation. Um, so McCoy is uh, he's talking to Sarek about how Sarek retired at the young age of 102 and Sarek's like, wow, I'm actually 102.437, which, it, which is like that's got to be fucking annoying. Like, get it right. <laughs> I'm four and a half. Yeah. You're actually four, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually, you know. Yeah. You would think that they would have evolved in dealing with other races to not be so pedantic for the good of their own race. Because I could see that being very off-putting and them losing, like, a lot of potential treaties and things just being that way. Yeah, but. Like, nobody likes to be corrected all the time. They like to be the, yeah, but they're not violent, though. 
that violence is last resort. Maybe they're more respected for their knowledge rather than their everything else about them. I, I would just, I would get, I would not be friends with a Vulcan because that shit would get old, like immediately. <laughs> I was gonna speak you the truth. I like Vulcans. I would be good for him to Vulcans. He's a jerk. But guy. just like everything, it's like, oh hey man, like you want to go fucking throw a baseball? It's like sixty degrees. And he's like, actually, it's sixty one point two three five degrees. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it was your boy. Yeah, you know, guy, that know it all guy at work. That you're like, on, you know you what? Know you yeah. crap. Like you have certain friends that annoy yeah. you, but you deal with their annoyance because they're so they're such good friends that knowing thing is just part of who they are. You got friends like that. We all have them. Yeah, but that's over the top. Yeah, that's, it, over, that's the top. Not over the top. That's a that's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, you get that one friend. You're like, if this if you say this one more time, I'm gonna punch him in the mouth. And he does it again. You're like, yeah, that's just the way it is. You know, <laughs> like it's it's charming when Spock does it, but to have more than one Vulcan around as well, <laughs> yeah. like I've, I Kirk's see. just like fuck this. It's like, <laughs> I get. I do want to say something about the whoever uh, designed the costumes and everything, and the art and the whole episode did an amazing job. I like the different races, the way they look, the way they're going, or whatever. And then I saw the little yeah. dwarves uh, painted in gold. And for a second, yeah. I thought, "Wow, <laughs> they got lazy." I no, actually, I wonder if that was the same stuff they used on the the guy who did the Wizard of Oz. And then I realized those guys, those guys probably did because uh, without talk, like yeah. <laughs> no seriously yeah. the guy who played the Wizard of Oz guy got sprayed on the uh with little spray paint glass that body paint used to use back in the day and apparently it was like cancerous and toxic at the time and he got sick because of it so didn't uh didn't we lose a well not us cuz it was before our time but didn't a bond girl die that way as well when they painted her gold for the opening I and thought, like her skin couldn't breathe and she ended up dying or yeah, something, something like, like that, that yep so I think something like that. Wait, so. we went south real quick on this. Yeah, huh? man. Well, so, okay, anyway, <laughs> I liked all the art, the art, the the, the costumes, everything. This the design of all the aliens. This was very unique, very cool. Their clothes in this out, this whole the clothes in this episode really, I mean, looking amazing, really cool. Like everything was just on point in this episode, uh, art wise and uh, costume wise. So I'm gonna say that real quick. My rant's over. Let's go. Well, I'll, I'll just say if we're going dark, we might as well be like, well, the the, the short people that came in to me look, look like Oompa Loompa. So <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that, but I don't want to put them all lump them all in one thing. But <laughs> Oompa Loompas everywhere, yeah, apparently. Geez. Hey, they're, they're grabbing some like candy looking stuff and put it in their drinks. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm curious if, if the Wizard of Oz came out before this, like that. Old, oh, old the Wizard of Oz was like oh, one yeah, of the first movie. Be- yeah, way before that. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Sarah, he sidesteps the question about his retirement, and Kirk pulls him away to go talk to some pig man, and the, the pig men are called the Tellarites. They, it looks like, okay, so they had eyes, but they, look, they didn't have, like, eye holes. It looks like their holes were their eyes, right? Yeah. yeah you could see, like, guy, like, like man eyes back there. Like, the mask section, like, that section was kind of, like, like brought forward brought, brought a bit. Brought forward to look like it's, their eyes was kind of sunk in, Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Unique. That's what I'm saying. Like everything, like all the, what a unique, I never seen something like that before. I never seen them design a face to be like the eye holes be behind the eye holes. Like uh, I don't think i ever seen that ever. Even if, even since I've like watched movies since then, like how, well, that's very unique to use. The- well, let's talk for a second about why that wouldn't work. Okay. From an evolutionary <laughs> standpoint, uh-huh. their eyes being that back would give them narrowed vision, which yes. means that they would be susceptible to all sorts of prey and <laughs> yes. they would not survive long enough you see what i'm to, saying to evolve to that state okay. the, <laughs> logically actually, speaking i saw that i saw a note on here that say they cocked their head to the side to uh see better and uh i think they don't see regular vision i think they see some i think they sent something else some kind of body heat or something yeah, all, all they can see is the sides of their fucking <laughs> eye holes haters man see what i'm saying yeah but they can see straight ahead though they can see straight ahead further <laughs> yeah who needs peripheral vision so, yeah, Fuck you. you feel me <laughs> 
Well, I mean, glasses would be very inefficient because they can <laughs> hear. They can, they can use sound for the peripheral vision, okay? They use sound to navigate the peripheral vision, and they use the sight to see far away, okay? I don't remember what their ears looked like. I don't remember. Uh, but honestly, though, honestly, surprisingly good uh, prosthetics for the time period. I think that they held up well yep. in this episode. Yep. So they, yeah, they do look really good. And then, like you said, like a lot of the other races in the background, like a lot of just some of it was just like, hey, we painted this person purple. But yeah. like some of it was was really good, too. And everybody had like every race had their own unique uh, fashion going yes. on, which yes. was really cool. Yeah. I mean, we've been kind yeah. of wanting, you know, a more more Reverse. alien races instead of more, yeah. you know, human looking races out there yeah. in the universe. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Tellerites, they question how Sarek is going to vote on the court and joining the Federation. And Sarek says that the, his government's instruction will be heard on Babel and not on the Enterprise. And Ambassador Gav, which is, uh, the Teller, one of the, like the lead Tellerite guy, uh, he gets real mad and he asks Sarek how he is going to personally vote. Uh, but then they get interrupted by a blue guy with white hair and he's got some little antenna dealy bopper guys. And, uh, he wants to know why Gav wants to know. And Gav says that uh, in the council, Sarek's vote carries others. So, like, he has a lot of influence. And so he wants to know where Sarek stands and why he stands that way. And uh, Sarek just tells the Tellarites that he's like, look, like, you guys don't argue for reasons. You just like to argue. And so Gav starts to argue about it. But <laughs> Kirk interrupts them. There's a lot of interrupting in this episode, too. Like, nobody gets to finish the sentence in this whole damn thing. And uh, Kirk's like, look, we're not going to solve the Corden issue here on the Enterprise. And Sarek's like, yes, I agree with that. And then everybody else just kind of backs off. Um, so then Sarek reveals that he and Gav have debated before. And Amanda pops up and he's like, yeah, Gav lost because he's a big ass bitch. <laughs> and uh, McCoy uh, asks Amanda about Spock's childhood for some weird ass reason. And uh, he asks if Spock ever played like a human child. And she says that Spock had a pet sell it. And it's almost like a sort of fat teddy bear. And McCoy gets just like Smart. super happy about this. He's like, he gets this like huge grin at the thought of like Spock with a big teddy bear. And Spock uh, interrupts them and pulls Amanda away. And, uh, or Sarek interrupts them and pulls Amanda away. And they, they excuse themselves. And then Spock explains that on Vulcan, the teddy bears are alive and they have six inch fangs. I, so. I did research on what a silly is, if you, if you guys didn't know. All right. So his name was uh, Aishaya. His was. It has wow. six fangs. It's a, it's over three about 300, 400 pounds. It's about the size of a tiger. So it's like a mini pet tiger, like tiger wolf style thing that they have as their uh, pets. So Okay. So you guys uh, that sounds pretty badass. Yeah, why is she making it sound like a fat teddy bear? Like, <laughs> yeah, sounds, like, sounds like an apex predator. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So uh, yeah, I did some research, and I also saw that uh, they actually, uh, in some of the old Star Trek uh, cartoons or whatever, when they showed the them as kids he, he has his pet Selick with him and like some of those uh, I don't know how to say the word actually so I'm not curious, curious how you say it but um he has his pet thing inside like some of the episodes uh they actually draw out and show what it looks like so huh uh we're we're not touching the animated series right like we're not delving into that for the podcast I don't know I just it know. is technically original series some no I just happened to uh, google Selick uh Star Trek images and they right it, but I mean like when we get done here are we going into I don't know Maybe, even, maybe that's not a conversation for now. If they, if, if they have original series like entwined in, in, in here, sure. If it's still involved in here, but if it's not like... Well, yeah, the, the animated series uh, is a continuation of the original series, I believe. Oh. Same same characters and all that, just animated. Oh. Looks kind of like Scooby-Doo 
but it's Star Trek. Oh, I well, hey, maybe we should our listeners decide. Like, hey, if you want us to do the animated series, let us know yeah, on Twitter. We'll do the animated series on this. <laughs> well, let's get through this first because if <laughs> our pacing now, we'll we'll hit episode eleven by maybe June. So. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um. So anyway, Chekhov calls from the bridge to uh, tell Kirk that their sensors are picking up an unidentified vessel that's facing them, and Kirk uh, puts the crew on yellow alert. So Kirk and Spock go to the bridge, and uh, they see the ship on their screen. And it's been there for about five minutes, and it's just sitting just outside their phaser range at extreme limit of their sensors. Spock cannot identify the ship, and Uhura has no luck communicating with it. And uh, there are no other authorized ships in the quadrant, they believe. So Kirk orders Chekhov to approach the vessel so that they can get a look at what it looks like. And uh, in Sarek's quarters, Sarek is reprimanding Amanda for embarrassing Spock. He's like, you shouldn't have done that. Like, that's, that's real shitty. After I snubbed him earlier, that wasn't embarrassing at all. Like, I just keep doing it over and over. But you talking about a teddy bear for some reason is an issue to me. That's different. I don't even like the boy, but don't do that. But uh, they talk about Spock's place in Starfleet. And Amanda says that Sarek is showing an almost human pride in Spock. Because he's like, look at him go. Like, he's made an officer of himself. He shouldn't be embarrassing an officer like that. And, uh... Sarek just, he says that he's giving Spock the respect that is due, not as his son, but, but as Spock. And uh, she says that it doesn't matter and that she loves Sarek anyway. And then she kind of laughs and she's like, I know, like, it's not logical. And then they do the whole two finger thing again. Yeah, but this whole scene, though, like, it lets you really see how Vulcans work in a way. Because, like, yes, what he did was disrespectful to Spock, but it wasn't to the level of uh, what she did. You see, he what well, like right. he did. This this was kind of a, a small like snub, like a, oh whatever, you know, like yeah. But hers was like oh you were trying to embarrass him to a different level, mentioning his childhood. So her level of respect was yeah. high. So it was like yo, you can't do that. Get spot the respect that deserves. So like that's what that's why it's two different things right there. Even though it seems like like there's a double standard, there, it's not really like it's the level of disrespect it was. Like don't talk about a child like that. But I will say though, that's what parents kind of do, like. When they like meet like you know you're like someone you're dating or like a friend or something like that like mm-hmm. like oh you want to hear an embarrassing story about you know yeah. when they were a kid like shut up yeah, mom but, yeah but that's what not what Vulcans do though that's the issue but even though he a man would, is, uh, the, a he man would is human that though because yeah. he's not you know human yeah so that, yeah that's a Vulcan yeah so for him he's like oh no he understands it he just thinks it's illogical and why would you waste that time well, giving useless information so. My issue with it, though, is that if, like, yeah, you know, show him the de- the respect that he deserves as Spock after you fucking snubbed him when he got there and requested a different tour guide and wouldn't let him explain the computer thing to you. Like, where's the respect for Spock then and his position in Starfleet and his respect as Spock? No, that there was respect in all that. But respect level in that, disrespect, uh, wow, when he dissed in that time, that was like level six diss. The mom, childhood, that was like a level one, like a level one disc. You don't bring no, up childhood. You look at childhood. No, I there are no myself. levels to that yes, shit. There's levels. It's either disrespectful or it's not. No, it's not. There's levels to disrespect, okay, whatever. There's spit in your face and there's spit in my mouth. Okay, that's different. Okay? <laughs> no, it's spit both times. No. And one of those is fine mouth, and the other I one is... You destroy, you spit my face, I'm like, oh, how dare you? There's levels, okay? There's levels. <laughs> <laughs> there's levels to disrespect. I'm just saying, man. Come on. You spit my spit my food? Like spit my food or spit my face. Like there's levels, man. There's levels. I'm just saying, man, there's levels. (laughs) I feel deep down Spock was more disappointed that he didn't get to take his daddy on a tour than his mom telling about his teddy bear. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) 
Maybe. We don't know for sure, but yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I'm getting, we're getting way too deep over here. We're so having like, too much fun. He's like, why won't you love me, daddy? This episode's going to be fair, so long. We're having too much fun today. Oh, my gosh. To be fair, uh-huh. some people really like being spit into their mouth. That's <laughs> 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 a turn off for some people. <laughs> I'm just saying, though. He's spitting my food. He's spitting my face like this. Different level of disrespect, man. It's levels. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I eat your food. You spit in my... You know how, how bad I'm going to be? Like, oh, how dare oh. you? It's don't don't baby like, burn me. That's gross. Dude, that's what I'm saying. So, like, <laughs> I already spit in my face, then spit in my food. Like, there's levels. Oh, man. Don't get me started, guys. <sighs> so, on the bridge, uh, Spock announces that the vessel is heading toward them at high warp speed, and Kirk orders them to ready their phasers. So, the vessel flies past them, going about warp 10, and uh, Uhura confirms with Starfleet that there are no other authorized vessel in the quadrant, so Kirk's like, fuck it, cherries and berries, light them up, we're going to get these guys for speeding, and they just flip on their, their lights and their sirens and go after them. Now, they uh, they resume their original heading. They're just like, you know what, it flew past us, so why, like, for some reason we're just going to ignore it? And uh, they just keep going where they were going, and the, the vessel just falls in behind them to trail them. Um, elsewhere... Sarek pre- prepares himself a little drink, and he's just taking a pill. So I thought maybe he was just, you know, loosening up, getting down. <laughs> and uh, like, he ran into but, Scotty in the hallway, and Scotty's like, "Hey, he 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 yeah. I took a pill in Ibiza, <laughs> you know, a little drink. Yeah, have a good, good, good time." So, uh, so Gav, the the Tellarite pig man, approaches him about uh, the the vote again. And Sarek says that uh, he's going to favor the Corden's admission because Corden can be protected under Federation law and that its wealth can be administered for the benefit of its people. Uh, Gav argues that the Vulcan or that Vulcan has no mining interest. And Sarek reveals that Corden has nearly unlimited wealth of dilithium crystals, but it is underpopulated and unprotected, inviting illegal mining operations. And Gav is immediately like, well, are you accusing us of illegally mining? Which, like, nobody said anything about that. So, like, way way to admit (laughs) your guilt. I I took offense real quick for that, you know. I felt offended for that. Like, yo, what are you trying to say, yo? No, not you, not you. Like, oh, okay, sure. You went up real quick. And uh, Sarek just says that Tellarite ships have been carrying cord and crystals around the quadrant. And uh, Gav gets mad. And he, like, kind of attacks Sarek, who just, like, easily... Like deflects him and pushes him back. Yeah, like he hits him with that Vulcan karate. Yeah, that Vulcan push. Yeah. So Kirk comes running into the room and uh, he restrain, restrains Gav, and uh, he just like kind of puts everybody in their place real quick. And Gav leaves, but then he issues this kind of threat to Sarek, and uh, Sarek just has like a witty comeback. Uh, I didn't write it down because there's a lot of dialogue. Gav's but, uh, uh, Gav's uh, costume is slamming. By the way, that shiny suit he's wearing. Oh my yeah. goodness, bro. Like, that's it for me. Shiny suit. I want one of those. <laughs> it looks incredible. So uh, so a little later, um, a security member finds one of the Tellarites dead. And uh, he calls Kirk to tell him that there's been a murder. And he thinks that uh, the dead one might be Ambassador Gav. <laughs> like, they all look alike, reason, so uh, it might be the ambassador. Yeah, but for some reason here... Uh, we have shirtless Kirk. I was about to like, say, is, is yeah. that key to the plot? Like, yeah. is that necessary <laughs> for him to be shirtless? Is he going to show my body off? Well, I'm just. I went back to look, and did he did he get someone his uh, shirt, or is he trying to like? Is he changing to his like uh, work clothes out of his dress clothes? No. Or did something get him the shirt earlier? I didn't really get. They, I got they, a chance to look around. What they were trying to do is like they're like, hey, we need to get more women watching this show. How we can do that? Take Kirk's shirt off. They'll love yeah, it. Just shirtless Kirk. Okay, yep. I'm curious if he if he changes to his regular costume after this uh 
I believe he so. did because I'm, I'm watching uh, after there was so. no medals on it afterwards. Okay, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching. Yeah, I think he goes to a standard uniform. Yeah, I think he switches uniform. Yeah. So, uh, so we go to a commercial break. Uh, we come back and we see McCoy examining Gav, and he tells Kirk that based on the nature and location of the injury, he thinks that Gav had his neck broken by an expert. Like, there's just an expert neck breaker out there. Which, like, according to, like, don't you have to do something for several thousand hours or something to be an expert? So somebody's just out there breaking <laughs> necks for ten thousand hours. Yeah. yeah, like he didn't exactly what they were doing. Yeah. But if I'm going to have my neck broken, I'd rather be by an expert, not like an enthusiast or an amateur. <laughs> I'm an enthusiast neck breaker. They, they find it painless and merciful. Yeah. He, he does it wrong. He just makes your back all, you know, where you can't walk yeah. anymore. Like, oh, sorry, I was trying to kill you, but now you just can't walk. Yeah. Like, sorry, I only have my, my amateur card here. I'm not quite an expert yet. I'm working on it. Uh, but Kirk wonders uh, who would do that or who would know how to do that. And Spock speaks up saying that Vulcans have a method called Talshaya, and it was considered a merciful form of execution in ancient times. Uh, so Kirk mentions uh, the argument between Gav and Sarek, and Spock's like, well, that's pretty interesting. And McCoy says that uh, it makes Sarek the most likely suspect, but Spock says that Vulcans do not approve of violence, so it would be illogical to kill without reason. So, uh, hold on, hold on. It makes sense, So though. they don't approve of violence, but... They have a method of breaking people's necks at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they said that's an ancient method. Ancient method because it's no, it's considered merciful. You don't get that. That's actually the logical part about it. Yes, I'm killing you so efficiently, you you immediately death. You don't have to suffer at all. See, so I, I don't know. I believe killing is killing, whether it's no, merciful no, or not. That's the point. No, the point is, if I have a reason to kill you, you're not going to suffer. I'm just going to kill you. That's the that's the Vulcan way. So like. If you kill for no reason and make them suffer, that's illogical. Why would you do that? So, like, Vulcans do everything efficiently and for a reason. That's the reason behind behind that uh, having that method. Because if you did have to kill, I, well, I just want to say you want to do it with at least uh least uh, most efficient way as possible. I, I, I'll concede to you on that one, Paul. I just want to say that for a race that uh, does not approve of violence, they sure have some of the most effective. Forms of violence that there is, exactly. <laughs> like an efficient. Like you got the Vulcan like grab the like the nerve pinch thing. Yeah. Now, now you have the this Tal Shia thing, and then if people get married, if they oppose it, you have to fight each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, see, but no, they don't like that violence, but no, they sure are good at it. No wonder why there's a whole soap subgroup of Vulcans. Like, hey, th- their methods are crazy. Let's just become the Romulans and then you know enjoy yeah. all this good stuff. Let's there. embrace the violence. <laughs> yeah. Embrace the violence. Fuck yeah. it. Well, I, yeah, but the Romans even w- 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 more deadlier than the Vulcans are. The, Vul- the Vul- well, Romans yeah, are way more they, they embrace their, their the ancient dark side. Okay, so the Romans are the dark side yeah. of the Force, and, uh, and, and, and the Vulcans are the yeah, good side. Like, we have this power. We should use it. <laughs> we should use it, yeah. What am I not supposed to go around breaking people's necks? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an expert at it. Yeah, very efficiently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I understand Vulcan, uh, Vulcan logic so well, by the way. Like I, after this episode, I really do appreciate it more and more. Yeah, uh, but Spock does admit that if there was a reason, Sarek is capable of killing someone both logically and efficiently. So he could do it if he wanted to. Uh, so we go to Sarek's quarters, and Kirk and Spock and McCoy they go in there looking for Sarek, and uh, they ask where he is, and Amanda says that he's been gone for some time, and he's likely uh, meditating as he often does before uh, retiring. Which is like, lady. Never talk to the police. Don't, don't, get your lawyer. lawyer she gave it up quick. Don't start answering questions. She, yeah. she, gave, she gave it up quick. 
She, yeah, don't she, talk she, to cops, lady. She's from Earth. She, she should understand the you know due process yeah. and all that. Like, hey, you don't <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah, maybe she didn't know a crime act. Maybe she made it though. She thought she was maybe just talking. Like, hey, how you doing today, man? I'm just talking. She didn't no, realize you're, you're never just talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're officers. You're yeah. never just talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, then they they tell her to stop resisting and they throw her on the floor, sprinkle some crack <laughs> by her. <laughs> you know how it goes. Scotty walks in. He's like, "Hey, that's my crack." <laughs> he's like, "Oh wait, uh, he sees all the security guards. That's not my crack." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Cedric enters the room and uh, Kirk tells him about Gav's murder and McCoy uh, gives him the details about the neck break and Kirk asks Cedric where he was in the last hour. And Amanda protests, but Spock interrupts her and says that Sarek is the most likely suspect. And Sarek's like, yeah, yeah, I am. That, that totally makes sense. Uh, so Sarek says that he was privately meditating and that Spock can attest it to it being a private matter that they do not discuss, especially with Earthmen. So I think that meditating actually means masturbating. <laughs> and he does that every night before he goes to bed. Well, that, does, that will relax you before you go to sleep. <laughs> He's going to sleep, huh? I mean, he has the Earth woman sitting in bed. bed. I don't think he has to worry about, I'm hoping he don't have to worry about <laughs> meditation every day. Yeah. Um, Kirk finds it very convenient, and Sarek suddenly has some sort of, like, attack, and he just collapses. And McCoy thinks that it has something to do with Sarek's cardiovascular system, but he doesn't know if he can help because of Sarek's Vulcan physiology. Uh, so we go a little Why bit later. Why doesn't he know more about Vulcan physiology yet? Why didn't he study it more? Like, is it- uh, I believe he... Well, later he says that he knows about it from, like studying but that he has no physical experience with it because he really doesn't have the opportunity to i mean you look at fucking spock anytime anything happens he just heals himself yeah i, I guess that's right i just thought that maybe we do a lot more scans of uh spock and have him come in more just to study his ph- physiology because he has spock there at all times but then spock might think that's a waste of his time so maybe yeah he ain't gonna put up with that shit yeah maybe. although you think he would find it logical that the Apparently, only doctor on the ship knows about him. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. so. I just, I know, I just think you know more about more about the oh, wow physiology. Oh, I guess that word that word sucks of uh, Vulcans. By now. <laughs> <laughs> my tongue gets tired. They want dumb words. So uh, yeah, we go a little bit later on the bridge, and Spock is running some scans as Kirk approaches him and apologizes about his father. And he asks Spock if he's worried about him, and Spock says that worry is a human emotion, and he accepts what has happened. Um, he's, I'm already get, get over the job it. done. Yeah, just get the job he's done. Like, I never man. liked him anyway. Yep. Yeah. So Spock says that the other ship cannot be scanned because of its hull, uh, but it is definitely a manned ship. And Kirk starts ruling out other civilizations based on their technology. So like, yeah, it's not you know these guys, it's not these guys. And uh, Ahura announces that she's picked up the last part of a coded transmission and uh, logged it into a directional computer. So they run it through a decoder. And it indicates that there's a reception point somewhere on the Enterprise, meaning that someone on board is communicating with the other ship. And uh, Spock says that he cannot break the transmission code. Uh, he tried for all of 3.5 seconds, and he can't figure it out. <laughs> Therefore, what an amazing, uh, like, I mean, I, I don't want to go rants and slows down all day. But what an amazing, like, incorporation of, like, the drama, the parenting, like, every, everything put together. Like, there's a bunch of yeah. issues at once. And they're lined up, and somehow they managed to make everyone as important as the next one. And they all got all this drama going into it without being. It's a lot at one time, but somehow it all makes sense and works. And I really like how they like they went to Eura, do you heard about <clears throat> doing her little her thing and showing her doing her job at a point. Then went to went to a spot doing his job. Like this does this episode does a real good job of showing everybody doing their doing what they do best. 
Like McCoy is starring. Yeah. You heard her starts. You know, all they're doing their jobs or whatever. It's just, uh, Scotty is in here. I'm going to, right now, Scotty's nowhere to be seen. So, they, they, yeah. So, I was like, he didn't get to do, he didn't get a show off this episode. And neither did, uh, yeah. He's uh, just doing Scotty stuff. He didn't get uh, Sulu either. He didn't Sulu? get to show off this episode either. Yeah. So, both those guys, not yeah. nowhere to be seen. They don't get to show off this episode, but everybody else gets like really good moments of episode to show like them at their best at what they do. So, that was really cool. Right. And uh, to your point about like the, all the different plot points, I was interested at this point to see how they were going to package it all up and like make everything make sense. Because right now you just have a series of different seemingly uh, unrelated events. And yeah. I was curious to know how they were going to smash those things together. Yeah. So, yeah, good. Good job with the writing on this one. But uh, they uh, yeah, they can't break the transmission code and Kirk gets upset and lashes out a little bit at Ahura. Like he's kind of a dick about it and he wants her to tighten up the sensor range to start searching the Enterprise for the receiver. And then we go to the sick bay and uh, McCoy is monitoring Sarek as Kirk walks in and asks how Sarek is, is doing. And McCoy says that he's basically suffered a heart attack. And he asks Amanda if he's had any other heart attacks. And she's like, nope, he has not. But then Sarek is like, yes, I've had, actually had three others. And my prescription prescribed me some medicine called like Benjocidrine or something. It's fake. It doesn't really exist in real life. Uh, Kirk asks when he had the attacks. And Sarek says that he had two on Vulcan before they left. He's just like back-to-back heart attacks. And he's like, huh, <laughs> that's, that's slightly worrying. And uh, he had one earlier on the observation deck when Gav was murdered. But there are unfortunately no witnesses to that. So uh, Spock asks McCoy if he's going to do surgery. And McCoy says that it's difficult enough on a human and out of the question on a Vulcan. And Spock suggests maybe a uh, cryogenic uh, or serogenic open heart procedure. And uh, Spock's, uh, Sarek's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I know everything and I know what that is. And that's what we're going to do. So uh, McCoy says that it would require a tremendous amount of blood. And Nurse Chapel, who I always enjoy seeing, because it's nice. I really thought she was going to be a one-off character, so it's nice to see they keep bringing her back. Yeah. But uh, she says that uh, there isn't enough blood on board to begin that operation, and Kirk hints at using Spock, but Sarek says that uh, his blood type is T negative, which is rare even for Vulcans. So I really like that they just took a blood type, like a real blood type, and then just threw a, a letter we don't use. In front yeah. Of that. <laughs> just like, but but yeah, but it, but it made it very negative. like it made it very digestible really quick though. They could pick any letter they want to though. They could, yeah. they could have been any, any like, letter. Why, why didn't they use V? Fucking Vulcans. Yeah. Logical. I just, I, I, and I assume they used T because it, it, um, I thought V would be too, um, too comical. On the nose. If it was V negative. Yeah. yeah too, too much in the node. And I thought maybe they'd, they'd pick one and just rhyme with our own. You know, like A, B. Like, oh yeah, yeah, B. Well, let's do T. Like, you know, like simple. So. Plus they can set up later if there's like some sort of mutation and that there's some kind of blood virus and they could have the T virus. <laughs> which is a Resident Evil joke for those of you that don't know Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, Spock says that he is also T-negative, but Chapel says that Spock's blood also has that dirty human blood element in it. And Spock <laughs> thinks that it might be possible to filter out the human factors. So uh, McCoy says that Spock can't possibly give that much blood without dying, but uh, Kirk cuts him off, as they keep doing. He's just like, I don't, don't, don't talk about that. And uh, Spock begins to tell Amanda the odds of surviving a surgery, but she's like, no, please, please don't do that. I think at this point, it's not that she doesn't want to know the odds. I think she's just annoyed with hearing that shit all the time. She's like, look, it's been like 40 years. I'm sick of this years. shit. You, you're, just like your, you're just like your father. Yeah. With He's all like, that meth stuff. Just say you love me, Spock. Just yeah. say it. <laughs> Why can't you just tell me you love me? 
<laughs> oh my god, I could I could write the best Spock mom drama ever. Oh man, this is great. I'm, I'm about to be like an episode. This is like real life dramatic. Like Spock talking to his mom. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just I'm zoned out right now. Uh, so yeah, so we cut to a little bit later, and McCoy and Spock are trying to find a way to synthesize Vulcan blood. They have like all these little floppy disks of different blood types that they are going to try. The one thing they don't talk about though is Romulan blood. Like that should be close enough, right? Since they're an offshoot of Vulcans, but could they synthesize that? Like, do do you think they would know how? They have enough contact with Romulans to know how to make their blood. Well, wasn't it not until the first season that? They never seen what Romulans looked like up to that point. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, there's You're no right. way they have no yeah, contact. Yeah, they knew of them, but they never. Yeah, they knew of them. They didn't. They didn't have contact with. Which them. is You're weird because right. you would have yeah. thought that the Vulcans would have known that who the Romulans were. Like, oh hey, they kind of broke away from us. Like, yeah, but right. they, if it been instead of like it's been th- probably thousands of years apart and they've been doing their own thing, they probably just eventually the knowledge just probably died out and they just forgot about each other. Yeah. Well, maybe if Kirk would have fucking talked to him instead of blowing him out of the <laughs> space with a fucking 80s era nuke, then hey. maybe they could have gotten their hands on a body once, once and they're going to make the blood. We went to talk. We, we opened communications. <laughs> they didn't answer. They got shot at. This is obviously the way it <laughs> we goes. We nuked them. We fucking nuked them. Uh-uh, that's the way it goes every time. We open communications. You don't answer the phone. You get blasted on. I'm sorry, but. Did we fire 400-year-old nuclear missiles exactly. at you. <laughs> Problem solved. Kirk life. Kirk out. Hey, look. What do you what do you want me to do? Not use the nuclear weapons on board? Yeah, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, you, you got them. I mean, like, they didn't put them there to look at. Like, bro, don't don't make me have to kill y'all. Like, you know, I don't want to do this. I tried, <laughs> I tried, I tried not to. Like, I, I tried everything I could. I tried everything Kirk's I could. Like, telling his commander, like, I tried everything. I I tried everything. Called I, him I once, called they him. didn't answer. I, so I called so. him once, they didn't answer. Fuck them. I was like, yo, what? They not answer me? How oh, dare they? I'm Kurt. Wow. <laughs> 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 Man, I hope Kirk doesn't take rejection that bad when he's trying to hook up with a woman. <laughs> like, he's like, no, I'm good. I don't want no drink. He's like, that's it. You're getting the back yeah, end. You, you either you get a drink or a nuke. Like, you take your pick. How dare you? I'm Kurt. Oh, my God. So McCoy raises concerns about how he's never operated on a Vulcan before, and he thinks that uh, if Sarek survives the operation, the drug that they have to use would probably kill him. And Amanda walks in. She's like, wait, what drugs are we talking about here? And he explains that they'd need to use a chemical stimulant to speed up the reproduction and replacement of blood in the body. And that it's an experimental drug. But Spock says that it has been successful on Rigel 5. Those po- Dude, no wonder Rigel, like the Rigel people were just fucking revolting in the beginning <laughs> of the series. Because every people. time they're experimenting shit or like <laughs> they, just doing anything bad, subjects. it's on Rigel. <laughs> they're the test planet. Yeah. No wonder they only planet. had like fucking medieval shit too, because every time they start to rise up, we go testing drugs on them. <laughs> hey, what is that? Where we went in <laughs> the pilot episode? The Age. Yeah, that was, I think Rigel Four or something like that. Uh, yeah, the pilot episode. Yeah, where, where Pike system, had that yeah. issue. That was on when he got. Yeah. That was I put on Rigel. I think on Rigel Four or Five. Something like that. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Every time they like discover gunpowder, we go test something on them and knocks them back to the Stone <laughs> yeah, Age Rigel and they have to restart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, McCoy says that it places strain on the spleen and the liver and that it would kill Sarek in his current condition. And Spock asks Chapel to pull his most recent physical exam records. And she's like, well, I already did that. And you are perfectly healthy. So uh, Amanda then deduces that Spock plans to use a drug on himself to do a transfusion from himself to his father. And McCoy warns Spock that it could kill him and that uh, he's not going to sanction his its use. And Amanda is just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to allow you to do that either. And Spock says that they are condemning Sarek to death, and then he volunteers to be the blood donor. 
And then we make a weird cut. My favorite cut fight ever. Scene. <laughs> yeah, Kirk's just fucking fighting yes. the blue alien in the hallway. Like, meanwhile, in the hallway. For no reason. Yeah. And not just a blue alien in the hallway, a blue alien with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker's got a knife. Dude, no, this no lead fight, up to it, just Listen, guys, this fight is effing incredible. Like, the the, 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 the judo kick off the wall, the hit, it, my air looks like he hit him with his butt on his head and his head or whatever. <laughs> from the from the judo, the kick in the groin to the knee, this fight is incredible. This fight is what I, I'm, a, I'm in Star Trek for, these kind of fights. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. Then he stabs him, and like, in the lower lower back, whatever. Then we come back, like, oh, yeah, if it was any deeper, it'd be in his heart. His heart isn't down there. Yeah. It's hard to sit down yeah, there, people. Come on now, terrible yet, doctor. Like, like, you, 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 you write this amazing show that uses science and explains to us in a in a smart way. Carries us into nuclear energy and efficiency and infusion. All this stuff you do intelligently, and you cannot see the knife went to his lower back. You could have said kidney. Not only that, but on the wrong side yeah, of his yeah, where his heart was. You could have said kidney. You could have said liver. You could have said stomach. You could have picked anything else you wanted <laughs> to except the heart. People, the heart isn't that low. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I just. Oh, we don't know people. how humans have evolved in Dude, all this time. I just, <laughs> I just it, it disappointed me so much. Because I, 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 that, that, that stuck with me from that moment. I'm like, this show is too smart to, to make that dumb mistake. He got stabbed in his lower back. Yeah. So I just, that's not where the heart is, people. Just come on. Yeah, well, uh, the alien that he's fighting is called an Andorian, and uh, yeah, Kirk goes for this just fucking disgusting drop kick, but he, he misses and he <laughs> kicks the fucking wall, and then that's when the Andorian uh, stabs him in the back, and then Kirk eventually wins by like soccer kicking the Andorian in the face, so like in the head, and uh, he goes to call Spock and secure to send security, but he passes out before he can finish his message, and I was like, man, this this fight really came out of nowhere. It's like here's a, though, a calm man. discussion, and then here's Kirk fighting for his life, his life in a fucking hallway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I want to know how it, how that led up to like, did they bump in each other? And Kirk's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't bet, apologize. He's like, hey man, what you doing? I bet was this episode is so so good they had to cut some stuff out, and I bet they cut they cut right there. They cut a scene right there. They cut some. They cut something yeah. and just went straight to it, and just hope people wouldn't notice. But we notice things like that. So it's oh, just, it, it, I just it's in my favorite. I hope cut it was so just far. like. I hope it's like they're just passing each other in the hallway, and Kirk's just like pissy about everything, and he's looking at this guy. He's like, huh, "Why are you so blue?" <laughs> and just fucking go at it. Like the guy takes offense to it, and they just he pulls out his knife, and they just fucking go at it. Um. Yeah, Kirk passes out. Commercial break, come back. Spock gives a captain's log explaining that he is temporarily in command due to Kirk being critically wounded in a knife fight. Uh, McCoy is explaining that the knife punctured Kirk's lung and that if it was a centimeter or so lower, it would have gone through his heart, which we already covered that because I said, wait, he was stabbed in the lower back. Where the fuck is his heart? That's what my note says. Exactly. So Spock goes to question the Andorian, but uh, McCoy says that Sarek is getting worse and they need to operate immediately. So Spock refuses, and he says that his first responsibility is now the safety of the passengers on the ship. And uh, they're still being followed by a possibly hostile vessel, and he cannot relinquish command under those circumstances. Um, yeah, just basically can't give up command because there's too much shit going up. This is kind of where I thought the writing kind of got somewhat bad, not from uh, Spock's point of view, but his mother just turned to like 180, like, oh, he's dying, now you have to do it. Yeah, and, and same with same with Bones. Like Bones was like, "Oh, I don't really want to do this operation," and then all of a sudden, like, "No, no, Bones!" Like, we have to do this operation. Like within right. a span of like ten minutes, 
they they had changed their mind. It became a time crunch. It's our time crunch. Is they didn't give us the exact time, but they're like, ah, he's getting worse. He ain't gonna make it. Like we gotta hurry up. Yeah, they they used a time crunch, but didn't say it though. They did it. They did it. Yeah. If they had said the numbers, I'd been annoyed. But it's more like it needs to get done. But the but they but it makes sense though because but I like it because um it showed the um his mom is human. You gotta remember, so her reactions aren't Vulcan. Her reactions are extreme, and now it's like. Oh, my husband's dying. Like I can, I can see her going to the extreme because she's a she's a human. So I, I didn't really, I actually like the whole that reaction part. But, but he was already yeah. dying though. Like he's just dying a little bit faster. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. But I think that the closer and closer it gets, the more and more desperate and desperate your mind gets. Like okay, there's they're gonna figure things out. And when they when they tell her this is the last resort, they go, I have to. Like we have to do this, and because there's no other way to, to get yeah. it done. So I just. I don't know, her reaction was okay. When, yeah, I liked, and, I liked it, so. And the thing with the ship is, like, maybe, like, what if their communicator is, is broken and they're just trying to bring Sarek more medicine? Or, like, one of the, the delegates on board ordered, like, a space pizza and they're just trying to deliver <laughs> this space pizza. And they, you know, you'd have to have a fast ship for that, right? So, like, you're just trying to deliver this space pizza and the Enterprise is fucking running from them. It's like, it's not even a threat. They're just trying to deliver medicine or pizza. <laughs> we'll be there in 15 light years or less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or parsecs of using the Star Wars measurement. I've seen light years or less. Oh, bro. That is a good one. Space pizza. So uh, McCoy suggests turning command over to Scotty, but Spock says that command requirements do not recognize personal privilege. So basically he can't just give up command because he has something personal go- going on. There has to be some other reason, which well, is a really bad. Like if that's a rule in Starfleet, that's a shitty rule because the last thing you want is someone burdened by personal issues to be commanding a starship when his mind is elsewhere. Yeah, but they, that's they true. what they do try to teach you to block it out though. It's your job to block it out. Like you follow orders. Yeah, but if you can't, well, that's what soldiers are I mean, for. Like man. If, if your dad dies in front of you, they're like, no, block it out. Yes, <laughs> you have other so, things you're to a soldier. Do. You gotta. Well, that's part of the being, being in the military, or whatever they, they teach you. You know that the mission comes first well that's not really so, an issue for spock because he's like oh i've already accepted my dad just died like ah, uh, yeah the body's yeah, not even cold yet he's years like, ago. good yeah well <laughs> he'll, t- he'll 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 accept that it happened he, he knows that i've said that it happened and he'll move on because he knows he can't change it or, or it's gonna happen so i like spock's logic more and more we cut to the brig and uh it, the end there's an andorian there like the lead andorian and he's telling spock about uh the attacker who is named Thalev or Telev. i think they announced it Telev. Uh, he doesn't know anything about Telev except that he has served adequately. And Spock says that Telev was questioned under a verifier scanner or verifier scan and a truth drug, and he revealed nothing, suggesting that his mind has been conditioned for a preconceived plan. And the Andorian ambassador says that his people are a violent race. He's like, yeah, we're, we're pretty violent people, uh, but they don't have any issues with Kirk, so there's no reason they would have done that. And uh, he asks how attacking Kirk would profit him, but Spock's like, honestly, I don't know. You make a good point. And uh, he said he's, he doesn't see the logic in it or in Gav's murder. So the Andorian suggests maybe abandoning logic and looking for uh, motivations of passion or gain. Kirk, Kirk flipped with his wife, and that's what it really came down to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's I, what I it like always that, um, is every damn time. This conversation, actually, I like the conversation, too. Even though it's a lot, it's a lot of dialogue you have to read. And Brand, see, Brandon, you got to appreciate Brandon, guys. He does a lot of the dialogue for us and read back. And I know it's a lot of dialogue for him to read, but I really did appreciate a lot of dialogue in this episode. It just it flowed very well. So uh, we go a little bit later again, and Spock is working, uh, and Amanda enters the room, and she begs him to turn over command, but he refuses that same old excuse. 
And uh, she tries to reason with him, but he's he's not going to relent because there's just too much going on with the other ship and all that and the, the delegates and all that stuff. So she begs him to let his human side come through and save his father. And uh, he asks uh, how she can have lived on Vulcan that long, married a Vulcan, raised a Vulcan, and still not see what it means to be a Vulcan. <laughs> like he's I mean, just kind of an me, asshole exactly. to her right there. And uh, she says that uh, nothing is, a, is as important right now as Sarek's life. And uh, Spock's like, well, what would Sarek say if I agreed to that? And uh, if I gave up command for the, the life of one person? And uh, which is a pretty good argument. Yeah, Sarah which which, which made me feel even better about Spock's point. Like Spock, like even though the the one the part of me wants to be, oh Spock, how that's your father, but he said like, that's one life, and this is three hundred lives. Like I can't sacrifice yeah. this one life, and then if I save my dad, what what's my dad gonna how's my dad gonna look at me if I save his life? Yeah. And, and put three hundred people's life in danger. My dad never looked at me as bad enough already as it is. Like my dad would never. Yeah, look he's gonna wake up and he's gonna be like, "You fucking idiot!" Yeah, like, you I saved my, you. You risked that, that. living lies for me. Like, how dare you? And he probably it'll, never it'll talked to him ever years again before I talk to you. Yeah, for real. Yeah, more than eighteen might be ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Amanda then starts talking about how when Spock was five and uh, he was bullied by other kids because he wasn't really Vulcan. And she was worried that his human side had died back then. And she says that if being Vulcan is more important to him, then uh, and he's going to let his father die, then she's going to hate him for the rest of his life. So Vulcans are supposed to be logical. Why are they factoring race so much into uh, like not being a purebred Vulcan? Like that doesn't seem very logical. <laughs> no, Vulcan okay, kids. I got you. Well, okay. So <laughs> if let's say if Vulcan uh, makes you stronger. Right, and the human and the, the human today will make you weaker. Like you know, so if I'm hundred percent Vulcan, I'm stronger than you, I'm taller than you, I'm bigger than you. And since you're mixed, you're not. So maybe they consider that like inferior, like mixing blood inferior, kind of like in uh, like when you mix bloods together, they consider it inferior. So the, that does that mean that Spock is technically weaker than his yeah, actual full-bredded race? I'm assuming. I'm, I'm going to assume well, unless there's something, we take the Gohan doing. route, and he actually <laughs> he turns out to be base. stronger because of his mixed yeah, blood. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be the opposite way of where he could be stronger <laughs> because of it, or yeah, or the other way. I'm not sure, but I just yeah. But but either way, uh, he re- still refuses to go help, and uh, Amanda slaps him, and then she just leaves. Got him with a good one too. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> so uh, we go back to sick bay. Kirk, uh, he's waking up, and he finds out that they can't operate on Sarek because of Spock. And uh, he decides to try to convince Spock that he's okay and that he's going to order Spock to report for surgery and then hand command over to Scotty. And McCoy's like, yeah, that's a good plan. You were just stabbed like not even an hour ago. There's no reason, you know, you stabbed in the fucking lung. There's no reason why you can't get up and just do these things. But Kirk's logic so wasn't bad, though, either. Yeah, no, a solid plan, but just yeah. maybe rest a little bit. And, and he uh, really, like, he really sold it by his uh, lean into this little side, like, like he's kind of hurt, like his back kind of hurt. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Kirk Soul being Soul being hurt all the time. That's really good acting by the chat. So I like how he got stabbed in the back, and so they decided to lay him on his back, <laughs> <laughs> like to just, just smother the wound. It'll be fine. Should we, should we question Bones' medical degree? <laughs> he's gonna be a terrible doctor in this episode. I mean, I don't know. Are you supposed to lay him on it? I have no clue. I, don't know. I feel like I don't know either. Hurt. I thought you was laying him on the side. I assumed. <laughs> I, I assume it's, 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 it's a little tender. You know, if, you know. One time I got <laughs> yeah. I got a, a shot in the butt. Like a penicillin when I was in the army, and uh, you know what? I couldn't, I could not touch that that part for a while. So I, I linked to the side for for, for a couple hours. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, if something gets stabbed or shot in you, yeah. you do not, you don't lay on it. 
Oh my gosh! That's and according funny. to Star Trek, that needle almost got you in the heart. Yeah, for <laughs> real. <laughs> I'm like the angle it came at, man. <laughs> uh, so we go to the back to the we go to the bridge, and Kirk assumes command. He uh, orders Spock to the sick bay, and as Spock leaves, Kirk just pretends that he's just doing his normal duties. And then when the elevator doors close uh, with Spock and McCoy in it, he asks her to call Scotty to the bridge. But then Chekhov announces that the alien ship is getting closer. So Kirk says, well, fuck that. Fuck Scotty. I'm staying here and I'm going to be in command. So her uh, is picking up the alien signal, but it's coming from the uh, Enterprise bridge or the brig. And uh, Kirk calls security to the brig to go search the prisoner. Well, shouldn't they have done that beforehand? I feel like, yeah, if you're going to throw somebody in jail, you should probably make sure they don't have anything on them. <laughs> Especially after you just tried to murder the captain. Yeah. But they probably put him in there with the same knife he stabbed Kirk with. They're like, oh, here, this is yours. Like, just take this. Or uh, maybe they scanned him, but then look inside, his, then realize his antennas were fake. Yeah, that could be. But it's security. They fuck up everything. Yeah, exactly. Security's a little wild. But we go to the sick bay, and they're starting the surgery. And Spock wants to go see Kirk because he had a realization about uh, something about the power that the alien ship is using. And he says he can identify it, but uh, Chapel just gives him something that knocks him out, which is a real fucking dumb move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give him two seconds, like let him give you the message to relay to Kirk. And she's like, "No, hush now." For a split second, I thought Nurse Chapel was part of the enemies. I thought maybe she, I thought, <laughs> maybe, I thought maybe she was like the secret, the inside spy, and she went to sleep because she didn't want him to say nothing. I was like, "Oh, she didn't want him to talk. She, that's yeah. why she went to sleep so quick." You know, so yeah. Instead, just just. <laughs> it's just like go go to sleep, Spock. Go, we don't sleep, we'll worry Spock. about this. We're talking. Yeah. Uh, so in the brig, they're searching to live, and uh, he tries to fight off the security team. So they shoot him, which is just a stunner. So he's not dead. Now, uh, they, they, they didn't do the Stone Cold stunner. They they, they actually just stunned him. Yeah, just yeah, just <laughs> a, a regular stun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but when he falls down, his one of his antenna falls off and it breaks. And uh, security calls Kirk to tell him that. Uh, Taleb had a uh, transceiver hidden in his antenna, and Chekhov announces that the alien ship has changed course and speed, and it's now approaching the Enterprise at warp 8. So Kirk tells them to bring the prisoner to the bridge and to go to red alert and stand by to fire, which, why the fuck would you bring him to the bridge? Like, I, like, I, I want him to you. see this. Like, I, I think Kirk said, oh, yeah, bring him here. I want, I want you to see something. Okay, come here. You know, like, come here. Watch this. Watch me kill your boys. Watch this. Okay, yeah. now, now tell me, the, what, I want, <laughs> tell like, me what I want to know. Here. You gonna talk? Like you? Like I assumed it was like, oh, you gonna talk? Like you know, brought him up there to show him, like, hey, you gonna talk? I'm, I'm gonna kill your friends. So yeah, I, I just feel like it's a bad idea to bring this this assassin on. Yes, like, I thought, I thought the same thing was a bad are. idea, but I gave it the Star Trek logic, where you know, it's Kurt want to be a show buddy yeah. and show show the guy what's up. So well, at least put some yeah. handcuffs on him. Yeah, yeah something. <laughs> fuck, just have him standing there. Do you have, like, do you why, have why I just on? let him have a seat at the control console yeah, too? Yeah, I don't have shit. I know he didn't have no. shit on. Oh yeah, I'm I'm watching episode as we're watching this, so I will check his hands for handcuffs when 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 we get to that point. Yeah, so uh, the ship flies by and uh, it hits the Enterprise. I'm assuming it shoots at them. You don't see it shoot, but there's no way it rammed them because there's no way they would have survived that. Yeah. And uh, the Enterprise shakes around, and Kirk tells them to fire as the ship comes back around, and they do, but they miss because the uh, enemy ship is way too fast. So. Uh, Chekhov reports that the alien ship has standard phasers, and Kirk's like, well, that's good. Like, that's a really nice thing. And uh, Ahura says that the intercom is jammed, and the ambassadors want to know what's going on, and Kirk tells her to tell them to take a good guess and then clear her board, (laughs) which is really fucking weird writing for her, because I feel like she would know that 
whatever the ambassadors want at that time is not important. Like they're in a combat situation. Like why would you pay any attention to that? And why would you bring it to the captain's attention? Like, I feel like that's just bad writing for her. And she's had a series of like bad episodes lately too. Well, I, 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 maybe, maybe, uh, there's some type of protocol, protocol, protocol for the reporter. If he got ambassadors on there demanding to know answers, yeah, demanding know going on. like maybe there's a protocol where you have to, we have to go to the captain. Yeah, but I would say, like, how about we worry about not dying first, and then, you know, we'll, we'll answer them. Like, maybe we have to prioritize a bit here. Yeah. Like, Kirk's uh, like, hold on. I know, I understand we're getting shot, but let me address all of these guys real quick. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, we're all getting shot. I'm trying to keep you alive. Uh, but now that I've taken the time to address you, I fucked up and we're going to die. Yeah. Just, so that's what's going on. Just tell him that you hit a space iceberg. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the ship doesn't, the enemy ship, it does another flyby firing, and we go to commercial break. And we come back to the Enterprise being hit again, and Kirk prepares them to fire some torpedoes. And uh, enemy ship comes around again, and they fire the torpedoes, but they miss uh, as the Enterprise gets hit again. So this little thing is just rocking them, because it's just too damn fast. And uh, we go to the operating room, and Sarek's heart has stopped, and they lose power as the ship gets hit again. So McCoy sends Nurse Chapel to retrieve an old cardio stimulator, he calls it. And uh, I thought it was just going to be like a defibrillating pad, but it's just like this weird, like plastic looking thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she grabs it and McCoy tells her to call the engineers and have uh, all the sick bay power systems put on priority. I feel like engineering is going to be like, no, it's a combat situation. But apparently they do oblige that. But on the bridge, it's announced that they are losing their shields and uh, the ship takes another hit and then they get some power back in the sick bay. And then uh, Taleb shows up on the bridge, and Kirk tries to find out who he is, which is a really dumb time to question him. And uh, Uhura reports damage on all decks, and Chekhov reports that their number two shield is gone. So Kirk has engineering cut power on their port side, but keep their phaser banks running. And uh, he says he's going to have them cut starboard power uh, as well on his signal. So he gives the order, and they all the power is cut, and they're just kind of chilling with no power, or like at least the illusion of not having any power. And Taleb is really confused about this. He's like, why are we uh, why are we just kind of drifting around here? And uh, Kirk tells Chekhov to keep the phasers on standby. And the enemy ship starts to hover to check them out. So it's like, oh, shit, I think we, uh, we got them, guys. And uh, Kirk says that the Enterprise uh, is dead as far as the enemy knows. So he's, like, just playing possum here. Like a pretty, they pulled pretty the solid rope strap. Dope, oh, man. I, that's the, I that's the rope of dope. They pulled yeah. the rope of dope. They pulled the Ali. They said, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, you think it's oh, you think we ain't hurt? It's, it's not over yet, sucker. Blah bluey. Give him a little love tap. Yeah. What a what a um yeah. like uh I was real quiet, guys. I I said it because I was just kind of zoned in, just imagining it, watching it, and just enjoying right, talking about it. This scene is incredible again. Oh, it is. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. It's put together great. It's cut together great. I did see that he don't have his uh, handcuffs on, guys. So he, they did let him in there. He could press the button. The, the, the Andorian could have did what he wanted to do. The fake Andorian could have did something. But besides that, like small, subtle, like annoying, like thing, like us being very picky about real small things. This this layer of buildup is just like building, 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 building. And it took all, all everything that happened in the episode to put it all together in this one moment. And this one moment, everything cut in the the surgery, the 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 spy game, the political part, like the fight right there. It's been building up to this moment, and this whole scene is incredible, including the way yeah. Kurt, uh, even the way Kurt takes care of it. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do this this way because it's the first time we did this particular uh, thing where he called a power to lure somebody in too. So like like you see, you see the best version of Kurt, you see the best version of Spock, you see the best version of everybody in this episode. So I mean, that's supposed, supposed to talk about it at the end, but anyway. 
that's just uh it's almost over yeah and they 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 film their combat stuff really well like i know it's just a camera shaking like on the stage but like their combat stuff is really good the only thing that i wish they would have done is more uh like kind of like combat chatter like more people in the background giving off you know status reports and things like that yeah oh yeah to kirk that way he gets information coming yeah, so Taleb deduces that uh, Kirk is baiting the faster ship in uh, because they're not going to be able to to beat it just on their power alone. And then the uh, the ship approaches and the Enterprise locks phasers and uh, Kirk orders Chekhov to fire and they cut that fucking thing in half with that beam, which yeah. is just insane. Just sawed really, that ship right in half. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, I wonder what that looked like. I'm going to have to look at uh, or look up the original mm-hmm. yeah. non-remastered version. I did I see that... that Ninety-nine percent of the uh, CGI in this episode has been remastered. It's one of the notes. Yeah, oh, it had to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah, it's a lot of it's, a lot of it's, Yeah, most of it's remastered. So. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so they turn the power back on, and Kirk has Ahura open a hailing frequency to take the uh, enemy ship on board if they want to surrender, which is uh, some good guy Kirk stuff. Uh, but the enemy ship just explodes, and uh, Talev explains that they had orders to self-destruct if they were not uh, victorious. So. Uh, they do like the weirdest, like a really weird quick insert. We go to the, the sick bay for all of like three seconds and just show that Sarek is improving. And then we go right back to the the bridge. That was a really weird insert. I don't know why they felt the need to throw that in right there. Uh, uh, according to the notes, I thought it's uh, that scene was supposed to be before, but something happened. And they cut the scene and kind of just threw it in there. There was some kind of. There's supposed to be a, okay. a scene. I, I feel like there. they could have thrown at the end of all the, the bridge stuff. Yeah. It was yeah. a really, really weird cut. There's a piece of, the piece of some kind of scene in there, but they cut it. They cut it short because uh, of timing. So it's supposed to be like a long scene at the okay. end. But there yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Um, so Kirk has Ahura tell Starfleet Command that they have a prisoner, but Talev says that he had orders to self-destruct as well, and he reveals that he took a slow poison and he's going to be dead in ten minutes. But then he dies right there, and he's like, "Well, I miscalculated. <laughs> <laughs> so he did not have ten minutes." Uh, so Kirk has Chekhov take over. And uh, he goes to check on Sarek and Spock. Um, McCoy is giving uh, him a little bit of grief about the ship shaking. And uh, Amanda calls Kirk into Sarek's room because Kirk is just like, how's like, how's Sarek doing? And McCoy's like, well, you know, it's really hard to operate with the ship shaking. He's like, dude, how the fuck is he doing? So uh, Amanda's like, come come check it out for yourself. Yeah. And uh, they go go into the room and Sarek and Spock are recovering. And Spock tries to tell Kirk about the alien ship. But... Uh, Kirk just cuts him off. He's like, oh, I was destroyed anyway. We don't, we don't really care. And, uh, McCoy, uh, Kirk tells McCoy that he wants an autopsy on Talev's body. And Spock says that Talev was an Orion. Uh, so everybody's like an Orion. Like, what do you mean? And, uh, Spock explains that Orion smugglers have been raiding the Corridan system. And Kirk asks why they were doing that. And Sarek suggests that, uh, they're promoting mutual suspicion and interplanetary war. Uh, and he says that Orion was neutral and would be able to supply dilithium to both sides of the war while continuing to raid Corin or Cordon, basically. Another smart little insert, hoping that we get to go to the Ryan people eventually now that they've put that little plant in there. I would like to see the Ryan right. people in the future and see what uh, happens with that. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's why they yeah. did that. So Spock explains that their ship was constructed for a suicide mission, and because of their power curve utilization, they could use 100% of the power on their attacks. And he wonders why he didn't realize it sooner. But Kirk says, oh, you must have just had something else on your mind. And Spock's like, I don't, I don't know. What, what are you talking, talking about? about? <laughs> yeah. Ain't no, that happened today. Yeah, I'm totally focused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just going to let my dad die. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Amanda suggests that Sarek thanks Spock for saving his life, but Sarek doesn't understand that. And he says that Spock acted in the only logical manner open to him, and one does not thank logic. So Amanda gets mad about their use of her logic, and she's just like, everything's just like logic, and like logic this and logic that. And uh, Spock is like, wow, like she is really emotional, isn't she? <laughs> and uh, Sarek's like, yeah, she's she's always been that way. <laughs> Women's. And uh, Spock asks, he's like, why did you even marry her, honestly? <laughs> And uh, Sarek says that at the time, it seemed like the logical thing to do. And everybody smiles, except for Kirk. He starts to collapse because he was stabbed <laughs> in the lung. Um, so McCoy escorts him to the, or escorts Kirk to the bed. And, and Spock's like, well, if he's going to, you know, be down, then I'm going to get up. And McCoy tells him to stay there as well. And uh, Kirk jokes. And he's like, wow, McCoy, you're, you must really be enjoying all this. And Spock's like, yeah, like he seems to be having, be having a real good time. And then McCoy just yells at them to tell them to shut up. And uh, they do. So McCoy just has like this big, stupid, goofy smile. And he's like, oh, I finally got the last word in. And uh, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, Dan, do you want to start us off with this one? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I love this episode. I I actually like that we got a more complex episode with a, a lot of more different moving parts than most episodes. You know, we got to see Kurt actually get hurt, which, you know... Like we said, like it didn't get nowhere near its heart. It was definitely like kidney liver area, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, they but were just built different back then. That, that's for, well, in the future, technically. Yes, yeah. But yeah, it was a great episode. I, uh, I, I like the the politics behind it. I like the Spock, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I want to help my dad, and oh, now I don't want to help my dad, you know, like. I don't know. It just came together really well, so I, I I I'd give it like eight nine out of ten. Good episode. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am with it. Uh, nice little change of pace. A good political episode. Uh, episode, yes. Good uh, <laughs> political episodes. I was suddenly Mike Tyson for some reason. Uh, uh, yeah, just kind of a more of like a thriller than action. Um, the only thing, my only complaint about this entire episode is the fact that it was Orion's like. We don't know the Orions. We have no clue what they look like. We don't know who they are or what they do. So to use a race that we know nothing about, we haven't been introduced to uh, as like the bad guy and we still don't know anything about them and we still don't go like get to see them is my only gripe. Like I, I wish that it, there would have been like, you know, somebody on board, not just like the assassin guy, but like, you know, somebody that we know that we can put a face to to go, okay, yeah, that was the bad guy. Now it's just kind of like, yeah, these guys were bad. Like, you don't know them, but they were bad. Like, okay, that's kind of anticlimactic. Ho- whatever. Hopefully but, they're kind of building them up, like, for a future episode. Episode. That's what I, that's what I assume. Right. I assume they mentioned it. I assume they mentioned it, and then eventually, like I said before, earlier, eventually there'll be some uh, big Orion. Orion's the big bad of the season. Orion's the the undercover, like the hidden agenda the whole time. I'm assuming they would do that. Yeah. That's, that's what I, like, hopefully we get some, like we get to see them sometime. So, but yeah, same as you. It's like, like an eight or nine for me, if I was to give it a rating. So yeah, pretty good one. I just didn't like to do all the notes. So Paul, um, see, unlike these guys, I appreciate the politics and everything like that. I think this episode is like a 35 out of 10. This is my favorite episode <laughs> ever, by the way, but times 10. Like there's nothing. This is the best writing, the best story, the best cutting, the best costume, the best, the best acting, the best Spock, the best Kirk, the best you heard. Like it's the best of everybody, except except my my boy Hulu, uh, Sulu, my boy. <laughs> I said Hulu, wow, <laughs> my boy Sulu and Scotty, and they. But 
it's funny that they actually put Scotty in the episode by not having him in the episode. They kept mentioning him, but never brought him in, which is kind of smart. But they never, I don't it never said anything about Sulu, so I'm not sure what he, what he was doing on vacation, whatever he's doing. Anyway, and I thought off. the episode was incredible. I did write, I did um, do a little research and I found out this episode is considered one of the top 10 episodes of Star Trek, essentially. So if you picked uh, 10 episodes to show somebody watch Star Trek, this is on the list, the top 10s, uh, Star Trek 101. Like they wow! Put, they, I would not have figured that. Yeah, they put this in the top. I'm, dude, this is incredible. Look, I'm I'm shocked you guys are I mean, having. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm yeah. just saying that like I I wouldn't have figured like top ten yep, considering top, we're not top even 10 episodes to the you second should ever season. Watch. Yep, it's one of the top one ever. And I did see that the I did we saw that the humans, Vulcans, and Dorians, and the Tellarites that would call it. They were the founding yep. m- members of the Federation. Those four races. So. The fucking pig people were the founding members of the Federation. <laughs> That's like, what it says, yeah. The Stephen assholes. Yeah, those those are four, those four are the <laughs> founding the founding uh, members of the uh, Federation. Now there's other other people now, but those four started it. So, wait, so a founding member of the Federation is running an illegal mining, like illegal mining operation, and I, 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 like I, just basically no, stealing no, no, founding crystals race. from an unprotected. No, they're not. Okay. They weren't. Remember that he accused them of doing it. Well, but remember, it's the it's the Orions in the ship. Think about it. You but but Sarek said that they have found the Tellarite ships. They're Tellarite ships, the but they're or, I assume it's Orion or, uh, or whatever on them, not Tellarite people. See what I'm saying? Like that's I think that's why the no, Orion. There's no way. Yeah, that, that, I think that's why the Orion got mentioned it. But think about it later because they he thought they were guilty. The Orions can change their bodies. I assume that the ships they were in, they called were actually the Orion people. So I'm assuming that Orions is like the secret big bad in my head of things going on. So maybe it's just me. That's what I assume with the, assume by that oh, note. I just think it's shady pig people, that's all. <laughs> no, nah, get out of here. It's it's just just shady pig people. See, you would have so the endurance can't yeah. do no gotta fake endurance, but it can be no pig, 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 pig people. Wow, I can't talk. Pig people. Man, <laughs> dope. Anyway. Back to what I was trying to say. Yeah. That episode was great. It was good. I liked everything. I liked the acting. I liked. I just. I knew some of the act. The the parents are really big actors for that time. I I don't know. I really don't know much about them. I probably seen them in old school movies. And I watched them back in the day. But um, yeah. I just think I think episode was ten out of ten. I don't even know how it's not everybody's best episode ever because it had everything, like the good fighting, good writing. Good. I mean, just man, it was so good. And I was in it. I I got when I when I started. I, from the moment I heard the dun 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 when it first started, and I was like, "Oh, that kind of episode." And then that's all. It's Box Parents, and I was in it, and I didn't not look away. It caught my caught my eye the whole time. It was incredible to me. I just, it was really good. Definitely my favorite episode ever. I mean, at, to this point, I don't know. To this point, it has to be. And after that, I, maybe I'll figure out something later. But this, it was incredible to me, yeah. and I'm I'm so glad. And after the episode over, I was like, "Yo, I'm so glad I watched Star Trek." After watching the episode, I thought, "Yeah, this really." Feel, that's how I felt. I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I watched Star Trek because moments, episodes like this make make me want to keep going on for the next 30 episodes or 40 episodes because if we can get one of these every 10, I'm I'm ready to go. So, yeah. it's just great. My bad. Well, guys. Uh, we are going to continue watching Star Trek, and next one is season two, episode 11, called Friday's Child. Yeah, and it's and, my uh, job to read the synopsis right now, which I don't have built up because I was already here just going off about the the. the last, it was so good, man. <laughs> just. The Enterprise crew become embroiled in a local power struggle of a tribal planet. So another political one looks like it, but uh, maybe this won't be won't be as good. But we'll see. So 
Paul's going to be mad because Kirk's going to intervene in their politics and like screw up their whole society. Yep, they're they're going <laughs> to they're going to kill another god. I, I only brought that society. up. Brandon brings that up, not me. Brandon always oh, brings sorry, it up. Paul, that. Brandon's going to be mad next week. <laughs> yeah, Brandon's going to be mad with me. I'm like, oh, that was cool. Brandon's always one mad about them ruining. Uh, he's we're, we're back about, to God's Slayer Kirk. Yeah, ruining civilizations <laughs> and having their fun. Yep. Okay, well, uh, I do not have anything else to add. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah, uh, once again, well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys. We're over 5,000 downloads since we started this. Uh, you guys have been with us on this journey. We really appreciate it. I know we're on a sporadic um, release day right now. We're just kind of enjoying our summer, enjoying our time with our family, things like that. We're going to try to keep it, you know, maybe weekly, maybe uh, maybe uh, double weekly by uh at the most, you know, but we appreciate you guys listening and uh, downloading and uh, stay with the journey. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you for being part of the crew. Woo. And uh, we'll see you next time. Later.